Hey, what's going on? It is episode 299 of the Hey My Man podcast. This is Dave. This is Ben. Thanksgiving. Again, this year. Uh, <laughs> we talk about Thanksgiving. We talk about Christmas. We talk about Hanukkah. We talk about these things every single year as we go around. And uh, it's, the nuance is what you have to concentrate on because ultimately you continue to have the same experiences that everybody else has. You sit down with family members that you only sit down with during these holidays. And uh, I don't know, some of this stuff isn't obviously for broadcasting. It's not, it's not interesting to other people what happened at your, what conversations happened. I will tell you that we had zero political conversations um, at my Thanksgiving dinner. Dude, I had two. I had two. I had my family and my wife's family. And when I went to my wife's family, the first like 20 minutes, her uncle, who I think is a really good dude, he was like asking me, hey, so what do you think about this? He was asking about like legalization of marijuana, which I guess is political, some stuff like that. But it was never real hard. We didn't have any like real disagreements because right. I didn't take no matter what topic he brought up. I was like, yeah, I can take it or leave it. Like both are fine. <laughs> I did a decent job of like skirting the topic to where I was like, I see both sides. You know, like if someone goes like, Hey dude, what's up with abortion right in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner? You just go, yeah, that's a tough one. Cause they both have a uh, good point. So were you being responsible or is it just because you don't have an actual dog in the fight as far I, as I like le- wh- where your heart really is? I legitimately see both sides to many conversations that happen in the country. So I don't ever feel the need to go like, Oh, this, I mean, there's a few things. Like parenting, there's a few things that I feel strongly about, but most things I'm like, ah, I mean, whatever, whatever. Look, whatever, uh, whatever the sneeches on the beaches want to do, bro. Like stars or not stars upon stars, it's good. A lot of times, I take this position inside my own head where I'm like, well, I don't want to debate with you because you don't know anything, and I don't know anything. So it's just the easiest thing for you've taken a bunch of stuff that you've heard from you know social media and podcasts or wherever, and you're gonna throw that out on the table with no facts to back it up. And then I'm going to come at you and say, well, this is my opinion. Also, all I have is input from, you know, the sources that I have with no actual lab research or information to back it up. Right. Yeah. And then we're, we're, even if, if, if I guess the best case scenario would be you or me after this going, you know what, man, I never thought about it that way. But that happens so right. few and far between. But that takes a perspective for both sides of that. That takes a perspective to go like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't weigh so heavily in on this because it's not, uh, I don't know a lot about it. But it takes a lot of perspective to do that. I mean, And it takes a lot of perspective to go like, oh, I guess I never thought about it. Which is actually what I say when I don't want to talk to somebody about something. I will literally just go, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about it that way. Even if it's such a diffuser, super, right? <clears throat> dude, even if it's super simple, like people are like, ah, I don't want this on my pizza. I want that. I go, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I never thought about it that way. I mean, because it just it's a crusher. Yeah, if you were just like, you know what, you made a lot of great points, and then you just change the conversation. No, I mean, but I do it. I do. I do it when it's dripping with condescension, though. <laughs> well, I mean, dripping on the face of it is it is a good way to diffuse or move away from a conversation, or to just say. I mean, most people won't do this, but just to say, I really don't have that information available to even get into an argument about that, because most people will come at you or whoever the you is with something they think that you have an opinion on. They don't just ask you something that you like, they wouldn't just be like, Hey, what's your opinion on the show? Friends. If, if you know what I mean? If you don't watch TV, they know right. they're only going to ask you something where they believe their opinion differs from yours. That's a conversation starter, right? Well, I'll go with the abortion one. I'll go, well, you're alive. 
<laughs> so you didn't get aborted. So you know what I mean? And so yeah. Well, you had no control over that. That none. That specific saying of going like, "Oh, I never thought about it that way before." That's a good point. That is the absolute. Try it. I'm telling you guys at home. Try it. It is the. Per- you don't have to mean it. You just have to want out. You just have to want to get out of the conversation, no matter what they. And the dumber their point is, and you say it, the better it works because they're just like they're they're emboldened and they. Listen, if you got a bad argument and someone says that to you, you feel like you won and you you take your trophy and you get off the field real quick. You don't stay there and mm. gloat too much, I don't think, in my experience. Would you say that ultimately today in 2021 that family gatherings like Thanksgiving have completely been truncated? Like it's just not as important for most people to have – I don't know what your family looked like growing up. Like did you have a large like aunts, uncles, cousins – and now it's just like the core people and then sprinkled in yeah. a couple extras. Yeah. Everybody else has a reason to not be there. <laughs> the one I went to last night was fairly big, but that was like a Friendsgiving thing too. Um, Wait, so you had your family, her family, and then a friend's? Well, the one last night was my side of the okay. family. Wait a second. No, no. That was my side of the family. We got together on Saturday. And then it was also some friends because my nieces were in town from school and... Yada, yada. Those are not your friends. Those are your nieces. Those are my nieces' friends. Oh. Which was invited to the Friendsgiving. Yeah, and I had the thing I was telling you about, I had this this I had this event where I was looking forward to getting intoxicated. <laughs> like I was pumped about it. I was like, dude, I can't wait till Saturday night, boy. It's gonna get fun. And uh and then I had a few and then I realized like my mom was there and I was just like, ah, she doesn't like it. And so I I put the brakes on it. Does which she is, make does she make subtle comments? Like how many she is makes that not for so you? subtle, yeah. Like that? She told me uh like, she, you know you have to drive the kids home, right? She actually said to me, she goes, um, she said that she saw my sister at the byway show that I did, and she was like, Hey, so I saw Annie and she was she just seemed a little different. She like was like dancing around it. And I go, No, no, she was she was overserved. She was she was tipsy, you know. Oh, she was like, Well, they should I go, she had one or two too many. And she goes, Oh, well, they should have a one or two limit. And so that's like our thing now. So every party we're at, she's like, How is that? Are you at your two limit? I'm like, Yeah, I'm at my two limit. But I just looked forward to it because I had behaved at every other party, and I was like, "This time I want to get down." And then it just seemed like not a good idea in the middle. Has does your does your mom drink at all? No, she, she, she had an that, abusive as as you, alcoholic father. A lot of people do. So that doesn't stop them. Yeah, well, she did, and she really took it to heart. So like, so growing up, like I never, you know, I would always hide everything. So that's all my family works. We hide everything from each other. So that's what we did, and that's what I still do. Like I'll I'll even set my drink down. Like when I talk to her, I'll kind of. Go in the other room. I just don't want. Well, that's it. respectful. Yeah, but my brothers and sisters are like, "You can't tell me what to do anymore." I'm a grown up, and so they get like crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't think not all of them, but like they seem to. It's the same with like like vulgarity. Like there was no cussing in my house growing mm. up. None. I tell it to my son all the time because I, I don't really care what my son says. I always talk about the like intent, and so like it was very straight edge. And so I was go, dude, if you grew up in my household, like we didn't get it wasn't like heavy handed like yours or whatever, but it was. Just the shame and guilt. Like, you don't act up. You don't cuss. You don't smoke. You don't mm. drink. You don't do these things. So I was just telling my son, I go, dude, you you don't, you don't, he gets to walk around and say like, and he, you know, try not to say the F word at the table, but I just don't care. I'm all about intent. Mm-hmm. I was telling him how my dad would drive the car and he would get really mad. He would yell out. When he would get frustrated, he would yell out, oh, real nice jackass. He would call people jackass. And that was like, and he was like, that's not a big deal. And I go, no, but you don't understand. But to him. He just said motherfucker. Like right. that was like the worst. He just said right. That was his the ceiling. Intent. Yeah. So I go. That's why I was trying to say like the intent is what matters. 
I don't even know why I was talking about that, but I guess just because that's our, our rules were always straight edge. So at a family party, yes, I did ruin our summer family vacation to Wisconsin this summer, but now on I'm doing better. So my best laid plans to get drunk were like. I mean, clearly your mom wouldn't be happy if your if your children were <clears throat> swearing in front of her. No, right? and they don't. It's not like they. No, I. I it's you. just it's way different. Like I can they watch South Park sometimes. I'm like, eh. I pick and choose the ones I can see, but. Yeah, that does surprise me though. Just because your style of parenting, as long as I've known you, doesn't seem. But I guess you're juvenile, so in that way, <laughs> it has to do with my maturity I think, level. I think I still care you about think it's profanity. funny, and you're like, "Hey, here's a thing. It's a cartoon, so that's cool." But at the mm-hmm. same time, I could also enjoy it. Well, so yeah, like, that's what's sure. on, dude. I waited ten years to finally do something <laughs> we all enjoyed. Have you gone back to Beavis and Butthead with him? No, because uh, no, you also can also incorporate offensive. music. Oh yeah, yeah. You I don't know. even know how to find that now. Probably discreetly. Pluto TV, right? I think, shows it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe YouTube. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, do you guys do now? How do you do family gift exchanges? Well, every year. Oh, that's a great question. Because every year I try to set it up, and every year my entire family acts confused, like they don't know how it works. They can't get together. They're not sure, or they don't like my plan. So, like, okay, um, what white elephant? Mm-hmm. Trying to get the white elephant together, and last year and the year before. So we got to get together and do this. And I also wanted to do the, the gift grab bag, which I've said many times because there's like 5,000 cousins and nieces. And this is, ends up being like thousands of dollars. And we all pick one and get one really good gift. Everybody says, I don't care. Ask my wife. And then when I ask them, they go, yeah, that's fine. And then when I approach the idea, they go, oh, no, no, we already bought presents. Like it's, <laughs> I, we, I, need in like, I need like an autocracy. Like as far as the holidays, I need to be king of the holidays. And I need to say how things go. Because when we live it up to a democracy, it's just come see, come saw. So is the idea, like in my family, what we typically do is if you're going to do a grab bag or whatnot, like on Thanksgiving, when everybody's there, that's where you would pull names or decide, that would be hey, time. we're buying for your kids or we're not buying for your kids. Like my brother and sister, I don't buy my brother a birthday present typically or my sister they don't buy me one. I don't buy them Christmas presents or Hanukkah presents or anything for my brother and sister. Their kids are different. So I buy for their kids, but I tell my sister, like, why am I going to buy something for you? True. You know, if I felt compelled or there was something I saw that reminded me of her and I was like, right. wow, that'd be really nice. Isn't that the true meaning, right? That's when you should buy something. Yeah, yeah. So over 298 podcasts, just now I'm coming to this, this apex where I've noticed all these, all the bitching and complaining and pointing out this, that, and the other thing have finally impacted and, and settled in my wife's brain to where we are almost at the exact same point, right? Hmm. She, I've almost got her to be, I don't, I just rather stay home. I really don't want to do anything. It's just kind of a, let's just hang out and just, it's nice to just be here where everything's safe and there's just no, and now I'm going like, that can't be. We can, that's boring. I don't want to do that. Oh, so the the, the two have we, the we, two the two. What do you call that? Like the 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 crossing yes. the X method. The yeah. Well, you get you get the you're point. You're doing right? it in your with your hands. You're right. showing two different. There's an arc and two angles. And two angles have we're, to meet eventually. Yes. it's the same way. We're at with the like, cross section of our personalities. We're like you know, as young people, she was into what she was into and music wise and whatnot, and I was into what I was, and she's sort of as young ladies do, right? Uh, mend or or meld over to sort of be like, oh, I'm into the same things you are. 
eventually they'll go like, yeah, but I thought you'd grow out of it, but you don't. You know what I'm saying? She Whether was so we, busy hammering, folding, and forging your <laughs> will that she didn't have time to realize that maybe. Oh, I think like early on in our relationship, which I, I see a lot of is like a, a young lady will be like, oh, hey, I'm more pliable, malleable. I'm not so set in my ways for the most part. I'll like this music you like. I will go to the movies with you. I'm not going to complain as long as we're together. Well, we're dudes don't are, I know it. We're a dude's not going to go the other way and go like, I'm not, I'm just not going to do that. I mean, the traditional, uh, what do you call it? Um, what do they call it? Uh, like poison masculinity or <laughs> way. They call it the, the patriarchy. Of, you know what uh, I'm saying? Like that's typically the way it would go. So now it sort of happened again where I was just like unrelenting. I'm like, I am, I'm an old Scrooge. And finally, she's an old Scrooge, and I'm you going the will out of her. Yeah, well, I'm going like, hey, I don't want that. Um, so my first strike against this was to say, um, I'm going to get crazy with Hanukkah. I'm just going to spend. I'm going to buy whatever I want for my kids, and money is not an object, and everybody's getting something extravagant. So now you're wiling out. That's what I'm saying because yeah. there has to be that that ebb and flow. It's Otherwise, it doesn't work. It, it balances the key, yeah, as Mr. Yeah. Miyagi said, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I decided this year that I was... She she bought the gifts for my daughter. I bought the gifts for my son. But then I also went over and I was like, hey, I'm going to buy something extravagant for my son. So then I don't want my daughter to whine and cry about it. So I then bought something extravagant for her. And I decided I'll buy something extravagant for my wife. That way I could buy something extravagant for myself. I see. Uh, so everybody's getting something extravagant, at least one thing. Right? I did that, but with thoughtfulness. Yeah. Like, so I, a lot of times on the weekends, uh, Lucy and I have a thing where we will cook breakfast now that I'm off on the weekends and it's, and we play music and it's, it's our thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have this old, like this old dirty, uh, crummy apron that i wear and she has one well i found a lady uh that locally makes them you tell them how tall you are and she makes aprons custom so i had i'm gonna make one for lucy and i go well, i'm gonna make one for me that matches her and this is gonna be our thing and then i started thinking well then i got them obviously picking a favorite so so then i had one made for my son who was never wants to help me cook but hey maybe now this will be the thing that right. gets him into it and i was like well that's the three of us i guess uh make one for just make one for the wife too. <laughs> I felt like a horrible person, but it started off as this really like thoughtful idea that I was going to like share with my daughter. And it turned out to like, all right, dude, everybody gets one. You know, I think the, I didn't know. I, I don't, I'm not saying I have a favorite, but it just feels like I can, if I was my son, I'd be like, Hey, there's a, there's a clear favorite. <laughs> right. Um, but my son is, you know, 16, going to be 17, and he's like, comes home, goes right to his room, doesn't want, he's brooding. And yeah. it's like, I I tell him all the time, like, man, I understand I was 16, going to be 17, and I wanted nothing to do with my family either. But then on the flip side of it is like, you see me hanging out with my daughter, who's all, she's still in that zone of like, hey, dad, I'll, I want to do anything my dad says, like, I'll go to the store, I'll just wants to be around me and then he's just like oh well i could i could see how this works out and it's like well you're not yeah because one of them one of them showing... one of them shows up right right yeah one of them one of them puts forth the, <laughs> right. the right. whatever no i have the exact same thing with my daughter too that's why it's like um you know my wife would be like do you have to make sure like you post pictures all the time of lucy you have to post some of dexter so it looks i'm like well I mean, if he wasn't playing Xbox and hanging out with me in the kitchen, maybe I would. But it's just, I don't, I don't blame him. That's just a boy thing. Is is it? You think it's a boy thing or an age thing? Because well, when your daughter's a teenage sure. girl, she's also going to be like, yeah, I don't have time for you. 
That's what I've been told. At this stage, yeah. where we're at right now, I don't believe it. I don't no, believe I just, it. Specifically, my kids. Like, my son is a better person. <laughs> He's a nicer human being. He's got a heart of gold or whatever. My daughter does things that I can, t- I know, are on purpose. This is she's. This isn't. This is an affect I'm doing to receive more love from mm-hmm. you. But I'm like, deal. I'll take it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want that. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to reach him, and I don't want to reach him because, like I said, <laughs> I think there's 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 some there's some. This is just that time in your life, and I, I guess I did this with my own dad, where I was like, I didn't want to be friends with my dad, and then later, and you know, toward the right, end, right. I was like, hey, I'm gonna make up for lost time. Knowing how crazy that is, because you know you're not you're not promised tomorrow. You should be like, hey, start today. Right. Like you should wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to be a new me. We're going to engage. We're going to do this. But I'm always like, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow will be right. Because the minute the attitude comes out, I'm like, dude, uh, abort, yes. abort, delete. Well, it's funny when I see people do those stupid gender reveal uh, videos, or even when they're like, hey, just so you know, um, you know, we're with child and it's going to be a girl. I'm like, man, you lucky to the dude. I'm thinking in my mind, you lucky son of a bitch. Because it's a daughter. Yeah, it's greatest, right? Sons it's are great, great too. They they serve their own purpose. It's different. But I feel like I didn't. I'm not an outdoors person. I wish I could have, uh, you know, done the fishing trip thing. Now that he's 17, it's like I feel like maybe we. Sh- I should have went out of my way to make a yearly dudes trip where we go do something. And right. But I I feel like I I took those small. I took him shooting, and he was like, eh. And I took him, I've taken him fishing and he sits there and bitches the entire time. So it's like, I don't know, I'm, you know, I, I don't know what we could do. Well, I, you, you bring up an, an interesting point though, as far as like raising kids, I have that problem a lot with mine too. I mean, there's that, that, okay. There's that Jordan Peterson rule, like his rules for life. Right. And one of them is don't let your children do things that make you not like them. Well, where's the line, where's the Mason Dixon line on that? Cause I'll try to talk to my son and the conversation isn't as easy because mm-hmm. no matter what we're talking about it ends up being about minecraft or something and i'm like ah like it's just not working but with my daughter i have that it's real easy and i'm sure there's a yin and yang to that and when she's a teenager i'll probably throw her out the window <laughs> so i'm not saying like she's better but it's but it's easier with my daughter so when you say like i wish i would have done these things but they don't feel natural when i do them I think that's a super relatable thing i think a lot of parents who are like concerned and trying i think a lot of them will set up a, a, a guy's night out or a night with their daughter or whatever. And then when you plan it, you got your hopes and dreams pinned down. Like, this is the moment where I'm going to be a good parent. And then it doesn't go the way you want it. It is like, it is, it can cause some severe uh, damage. You well, know what I'm saying? I posted a, a poll on the Instagram uh, asking. <laughs> Which do you like better? Your son or your daughter? It, it said, no, it said, <laughs> uh, this, it said, this is for ladies only. And again, people can't read. Uh, or just choose to be assholes. But it said, answer, you know, answer this poll, ladies only. Is your favorite movie Dirty Dancing? Oh, I saw that. Um, and it turned out 50-50 because uh, dudes were answering it and saying no. It's well, because the other 50% movie. said no, it's the notebook. <laughs> uh, but it's. A, I think it's women of a certain age, obviously. If the notebook had been something when people of my era, my right, generation, right. were, you know, 10 to 14 that would have been their favorite movie it yeah. just so happens you yeah. know dirty dancing came out first but i feel like any woman who goes back and sees dirty dancing now would appreciate it just like they would if they had seen it when they were younger they immediately go it goes into my top well, now good. this is a general rule right so f- two funny things my my wife has been pressuring my daughter to watch dirty dancing she's like this is it 
Every girl loves Dirty Dancing. You have to watch Dirty Dancing. It's going to be great. It's about dancing. And, it's about dirt. And I said, well, yeah. And it, it's, you know, it's also about Jews. And my wife's like, what are you talking about? Dude, it's in the Catskills, right? I was like, yeah, they're, they're Jews. It's Who's soup? Jews? All of them. Everybody. Everybody's <laughs> Jews. <laughs> except not except for the people Swayze. that are working there as hired help. That movie's Jews. about Patrick Swayze thrusting his pelvic region. You so, know damn well that's what it's about. Like somebody, uh, the, you know, uh, Wayne Knight, who is Newman from Seinfeld, like he, he's he's like the, the director, the cabin director, or like the... Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. The entertainment director. And he says schlep, and my wife's like, Oh my god. I never noticed that before. They are Jews. I'm like, well, that's that's it. That's that's are they at like a Jewish I, summer camp? Have you seen baby? Okay. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So with that, um <laughs> my my daughter is watching the movie with a fine looking you her cell phone in her hand, flipping through the phone. And my wife's like, This is my favorite part. Hey, stop. Watch this. This is my favorite part. At some point, my daughter turns around and goes, you said this is your favorite part like six times. Which is your favorite part? It can't all be your favorite part. And then my daughter has this thing, like my wife does, where afterwards she'll give her review. Six out of ten. Ten out of ten. You know, it's always out of ten. Okay. And I said, well, how'd you like it? She goes, eh. And my wife was devastated. And I said, right. I'm glad this happened to you. Because you've been doing (laughs) this to me my entire life. Every time I say, hey, you have to hear this song. Every time I say, hey, you got to watch this show. You do the same thing to me. I go, this is the first time I've seen you so impassioned about something that someone else didn't give a shit about. And not only that, (laughs) didn't give a shit about how much you cared about it and was like, I will beat you on the battlefield and I am going to watch a a YouTube video while side-eyeing this movie and basically putting my phone down when you say this is your favorite part. Mm-hmm. But I'm annoyed because you've said it six times. I had to put my phone down. So what's the takeaway? Uh, the takeaway is, I don't remember where we started. No, no, no. Not the point. I get the point. But oh. the takeaway, like you say, I'm glad that this happened to yeah, you. Yeah, because I just feel like sometimes people only will realize when, when shit like this happens to them. Like I go, this, my soul is so happy right now. And, and this is <laughs> this is how I feel about my daughter a lot of times because my daughter is, she will not break. She will go head. Now, it's not right, right? Uh, if my son talks to my wife disrespectfully, I'll wring his neck. Like a Homer Simpson, Bart Simpson mm-hmm. style, wring his neck. Um, I will get up out of my chair and I, it will be, you know, I will, I, I will uh, come at him um, symbolically, of course. Uh, but my daughter, I just, I, and I don't know if you do this. I sit back and I watch and I go, ooh, like yeah. she'll say some shit to my wife or take an attitude and I'm, I just basically go cat fight. I do not mm. get involved. I don't get in the middle. Sometimes I do, but only when my wife goes, Can, are you going to let her talk to me like, like to this? See the, you like to see the comeuppance. Well, she's like, are you going to let her talk to me like this? And I'm thinking, this is your fight. You talk to her with disrespect. She met you back with disrespect. I mean, sort of like you bit this off. You're going to have to chew it now. <laughs> I want to see what's going to happen. And I knew right, this at a right, very right. early age when my daughter was like three or four. And this may be... I guarantee you the women that are listening uh, will probably all say they were like this with their mom and their daughters are like this with them. Like I will not get in the middle of, Hey, if you're being a jerk and she's a jerk back, I sort of go cool. I'm glad my daughter's not going to just let somebody now it's my wife. So I, I, I feel I probably should be more active Mm. in getting in, in the middle, but I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I'm rooting for. You're like they're both. They both fell off the uh, 
the sassy Titanic. And there's only too, one wardrobe to hang on. I'm just too close to the fire and I don't want to get burned. So I sit back with the leg up popcorn, you know, fake popcorn. Yeah. And I just go like, <laughs> yeah. what, how's this going to end yeah. up? And it, it usually ends up with my wife putting the ultimate flex, like, you know, give me your phone or go to your room or whatever. And then my daughter goes to her room, cries herself, you know, to, to a nap. Sleeps for two or three hours, and my wife goes in there and goes, "Oh, look at you! She's sleepy. She's so cute." And then it's diffused. <laughs> but with my son, my wife's like, anything he does, she looks for a reason to take away freedoms. Like it's like no matter what. Hey, uh, you know, did you brush your teeth at, immediately after? Have you put deodorant on? No, you're grounded for six weeks. Jeez, you know what I mean? Christ. Without and then she'll be like, "You remember uh, this is the date on the calendar where you're ungrounded, unrelenting, no second chances." She's just so hard on him. Both of you. Yeah, seems. yeah, but it's just funny that my if my son bucked up against her the way that my daughter did, it just I don't know. Yeah, well, it's just it's a different animal. It is a different <clears throat> animal. See, my, my my kids never. Well, my son never talks back to anybody. He's just a sweet boy. But my daughter does it, but only because she's, she smells weakness. She doesn't do it because, like, she, like my wife's not sassy to her, so she gives it back. My wife, my daughter will just be like, oh, you're, like, you don't want this smoke. You don't want some of this. So I usually step in because I just don't like the look of it, you know. Do you ever feel um, compelled to empower your son? Like, dude, talk, dude, say something back. Not in the house. No. Okay, that's not what I asked. Oh, okay. So that does happen. Yeah, well, I tell them all the time because they're like, you know, kids will say like, it's so weird because kids will now, they'll go, yeah, I, I was getting bullied or somebody got bullied, but it's it's really, they just say, I don't like your t-shirt. And so they'll come home and think that's bullying. So, but I I do tell him as far as like, I was telling him like stand up for himself and don't take, what does that look don't like, take no shit. What, what does that mean? look like? Like when I tell him. Like, no, how does, what does stand up for yourself mean? Like if somebody says, I don't like that t-shirt, you go, well, you know what? Uh, that doesn't. I don't care. I'm rubber. You're glue. Or no, I give like him. I'm I give him the nose. Or I give him like comebacks. I go. You should have said the jerk store called. Yeah, I go. You should have said the jerk store. They're, they're all out of you. No, I. I will do a lot of. Um, I will do a lot of like. He'll say so and so said something about this about my hat or whatever. I go. Oh, you should have said you know whatever it is. And I go. Well, you should have told him this. I sort of just encourage the zingers. How many kids of our generation cut that little frizzy ball off their knit hat? Like they could not, that was, it was like, remember the thing? I don't oh, of our generation. Yes, of our yeah, generation. Yeah. No, like you if can't you had the knit hat with the ball on top of it, it was like, that's the first to go, right? I did have that really long one. It's like a dwarf thing. That thing sucks. No, no, dude, like, it ruled, elf, man. like yeah. flipped over elf hat. Yeah, but it was like real long, like yeah. down to like, no, nah, that thing ruled, dude. I <laughs> liked it because it was cool. <laughs> and because when but I wore it, it was actually You look cool. like that worm headed guy in, in, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, in Jabba's yeah, that dude's sweet, man. And so, and one <laughs> nobody of the kids, knows that guy's name. One of the kids, nobody does. One of the kids from Christmas Story had one of those too, and I was like, "That's cool." Flick, Flick's the one that had a long I one. Think so. Yeah, Flick was dope, dude. Juice. It's fine. It's, <laughs> now the real point Schwartz. is the real point is how does your wife not know that Dirty Dancing is about Jews? Because when she was young and the, sh- the movie was important to her, she didn't know what Jews were. <laughs> It wasn't so, until you guys were making wedding plans when you're like, hey, there's certain things that need to happen. She's like, what? I never well, heard of that. Well, it's funny because my daughter, I said, the first telltale sign is they called her baby. And my daughter's like, I don't understand why they're calling her baby. She's clearly not a baby. And it's like, well, that's like, you know, a sweet little nickname her dad gave to her. And it just sort right. of stuck. And I go, and ultimately, it's something very Jewish about calling a grown woman baby still, you know, into okay. into, into her 20s. I don't know. It feels... I could spot him a mile away. 
Like if yeah. you, you remember that movie, uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. That's that guy's me. You know, the, you're, the, you're the, uh, the bear Jew. <laughs> no. The Jew hunter. Well, I could be both. Okay. But uh, I like to think I'm one, but I'm more the other. Like I remember being a kid. Yeah, and you're not these, an otter Jew. You were, have to be like very, very. There was these, uh, they weren't websites at the time. They were books. I remember at my aunt and uncle, my dad's uncle's house, they had a book. It was like celebrities you'd never know were Jewish. And it was a big <laughs> thing for Jewish people to be like, oh, here's a coffee table book of people who have tried to hide the fact that they're Jews in Hollywood and we're going to expose them in this book. No, Adam Sandler wrote the quite a song about it. Adam yeah. Sandler was like, here's a bunch of people you might not know are Jews. Yes. And that this, this, he probably had this book at his aunt and uncle's house and he was like, Hmm, I'm going to out these people. So we had a mutual friend. I feel weird outing someone for their culture. So I don't want to do it, but we had a mutual friend who I'd known for quite some time. Me and had you? Beers. Yeah. Okay. I'd known for, we both like thought this was a good dude and had beers with him and stuff. And then one day you were like, Oh, he's something, something about the oh. tribe. Or he's like, he's my tribe. And I go, what? And you go, Oh yeah, dude, I can tell you're like, I knew right away the moment I was like, I didn't know. Like, oh. you sniffed it out right away. I hung out with this yeah. guy 10 times. I mean, I didn't care. Yeah. But I also didn't know. Yeah. Uh, it's This is weird, too, because I've told you before, and there's just something about... I, I think it comes back to that that punk rock ethos of, like, you know, when I was young and, and, and going to shows and seeing these bands that I liked, the shows are, like, $7, and these dudes are, like, touring around in a van, and they get off the stage, and they come right down, and you can talk to them and touch them. And there was just no barrier between the stage and the fans. And so that that sort of ethos permeated my entire life my entire life. So when social media became a thing, when the internet became a thing, MySpace and all you will find if you go through my DMs, I will reach out to what I would consider like, you know, people in bands or that I mm-hmm. like or whatever without I, I don't think twice about it. Hey, what's up, blah, blah, blah. And I would say ninety-nine percent of the time these people contact you right back. And it's just a normal conversation. They're like, oh, hey, cool. What, you know, thank you, whatever. Uh, like, Well, um, I've made full-on videos about Cheryl Scott, and she's never responded. <laughs> There's a, the guitar player for uh, Naked Ray Gun, this guy, John Haggerty, years ago in the MySpace era. I found his MySpace, and it wasn't, they weren't even active. He was in Pegboy at the time, which I don't even know was active. But I found his profile, and I just sent him a, his private personal profile, and I sent him a message, and I was like, hey, what kind of rig do you use? Like, I love your guitar sound. And the dude was like, this is the kind of amp I have. Here's the pedals I use. This is the settings. Still have the message to this day. Really? Yeah. And then um, another good example of that is uh, Larry, the singer of Pegboy. One time I saw, I want to say this is MySpace still. He was talking about fly fishing. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, I fly fished once or twice. Somebody gave me a fly rod. I saw you like fly fishing. Um, you're in the general area. Like, where do you go? And the dude's like, Hey, uh, I can, if you want to meet me out at walk and don't walk, Whoa. I'm there every Saturday, you know, whatever. A very, I never did. Cause I was too nervous, but he was also in the, the business at that point of, he was starting a fly rod company where he was making his own. And he's like, Hey, here's a good area. This is where I would start. This is, but super friendly. Is now, walk and don't walk a Wisconsin city. I've never heard <laughs> of. So, uh, the other thing that's a, even a little odder is I will find like, let's say TikTok or Instagram. I will find people that are clearly Jews and figure out a way to be like, Hey, <laughs> you're a Jew. I'm a Jew. Uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know what's why the, I do what's it. What's the nod? Is there like a... 
No, I would just figure out a way to say something about their comment and then put something in there that's very Jewish and the person will be like, oh, are, are you Jewish? Or, I feel like in the 70s, black dudes had a cool handshake. Yeah, do you guys have, up, right? Yeah, do you guys have something? <sighs> I don't know. Why, should, because why, we're not in person, so I can't. White guys just sort of like mention a craft brewery they like and then the other guys look at them and go like, I've, oh, I like the stouts there and that's how we do I've it. I've intentionally outed more Jews who weren't in hiding uh, or were not <laughs> trying to hide the fact they were Jewish, but just didn't. A lot of people that are, are um, like their family's <laughs> Jewish, but they were not <laughs> they were not raised in temple. They didn't have a bar bat mitzvah, but they are, you know, they, their families are Jews, but they just didn't do the religious. You thing. walk into the room, you sniff, and you go, "You're hiding them under the floorboards." Yes. Yes, exactly. So you start smoking your huge pipe and drinking their milk, and then you just find them. I feel so validated, especially when I find a Jewish person who's not a religious Jewish person anymore, and I just know by especially chicks, there's just this one archetype, like from Sunday school and Hebrew school, that I'm like, "Oh yeah." Hundred percent. This is a Jewish chick. You're genetically one hundred percent engineered to favor. Yeah, them like slightly. RoboCop, kind of with that. You know, the, the heads up digital display. Yeah, like like I was like I was talking about with Terminator too. Like how you <laughs> like you like how I see people and I scan the percentage that they'd sleep with me or kill me. Yes, you you, you have it. one. That, you have a Jew filter. I have. Well, it's just a yarmulke. <laughs> it, it, like it, it, if it fits on their head, it's like you know, and it, I'm like, yeah, good, we got. It. It's like Cinderella and the slipper, like you have a little yarmulke. Up, oh, not the right one. But then I find myself talking about Jewish related stuff, and the people are they're like, cool. I like talking about. I'll always ask, like, hey, you know, what what was your bar mitzvah theme? What was your bat mitzvah theme? Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a big. Uh, and years ago, probably five years into doing this podcast, I had a dream of doing a. Jewish related podcast where I would talk to other people about being Jewish. I think normal white guys just jingle their the keys in their cargo pockets and maybe Or like when two Harley riders go past each other and do like the, the hand down. Yeah, a little thing, yeah. Yeah. Or like I just go like Game of Thrones. And they yeah. say Game of Thrones back and I go, cool. Yeah. So definitely not a Jew. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I f- it is a very weird thing that I do. I don't know why I do it. Um, but I liked I, I revel in the fact when I when I find another one and I hold those people dear. You know what I mean? I continue a online, uh, I like your picture, uh, we're just, I'm just out there. We're out there. Jews are people that are, you have, like, in a band that you've met. Which ones do you hold dear? What do you mean? Which You're ones? You're saying you hold these people dear that you find. I just that mean like. that, like, they're in my stable. Like, okay. not that I'd ever need them for anything, but I'm like, you're Jew. You're Jew. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, it's a shared, like, what's it's a your shared Jewish, experience, right? But what is your, your Jewish experience? I guess that's the biggest thing. And that's why I thought it would be a funny podcast to do... Jews from all over the country. Like uh, there are, I live in Northwest Indiana. There are Jews here. Are there Jews in Utah? Are there Jews in New Mexico? I don't know. Are you out there? There might. Be. I mean, that's how I feel when I see Hessville people. I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> are there Jews in Hessville? There were. We yeah. left. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, my cousin, <laughs> my cousin, maybe. Is he in Hessville? No. So I gotta, no. I gotta slip so into this guy's DMs no. and find out what he's. Uh, this is the one that owns the McDonald's, right? Yeah, so. yeah. My cousin Sam. Yeah, I'd love for you. To, I'd love to see you uh, do a once over on my cousin Sam. Mm. Be like, eh. you, you'd find out the more Jewish attributes. Well, it's funny because I also don't. I, I clearly, I, I try to stay away from any situation where someone is going to ask me a trivia-based Jewish question to um, validate my my level of Judaism. Because I'm like, I. I don't, I don't want to be put on the spot. And I, I, 
my cousin Lisa, who you met at this mm-hmm. uh, at the race, yeah, she always comments on our page. Big the fan. Pumpkin plot. I I <laughs> at the Thanksgiving table, I said something about. I said, "Oh, my mom loves the fact that my, at Lisa's a, an English teacher because she knows what a gerund is." And I immediately was like, I shouldn't have said that because then everyone's like, what's a gerund? And my yeah. cousin Lisa was like, uh, it's, you know, what? like you could, you know what it is in your head, but do, I mean, do you know what a gerund is? Never I don't know. Then everyone's like looking it up and trying to see if she knows what it is. Like, let's hear your definition and then I'll let you know how close you were to the idea of a gerund, but what is a gerund? So we don't need to go into that, but mm-hmm. I hate being put in that position. I put her in that position. I felt terrible about it. Right, right, right. I think right. she 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 got ninety nine percent of the way there. Well, out of all my cousins, my cousin <clears throat> that is in the tribe, um, tell me if this is a Jewish thing or not, because since you, you're an expert now, I'm put you on the spot. So when we get together for Thanksgiving or holidays, everybody kind of gets there. We all eat. We talk. We we leave. There's no real pomp and circumstance. Sounds Jewish. But, no, there's no real thing. But when Sam's involved, and by the way, I love him, but when he's involved... What's his there, Hebrew name? There's always uh, his last name? His Hebrew name. My, I don't know what that oh. means. I don't know. <laughs> Samuel? I don't know. No, anyway. I don't know what Hebrew name is. So, like, he always makes sure to do, like, a, hey, everyone, everyone take the glass and do uh, say a few words. Say a thing. In Hebrew? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, but he's real big on toast and, like, making sure that the family knows that he's glad they're there mm. and make sure like, it's a very like, I just want you to know this year, like I'm the most thankful for you all. And it feels like it might be a little more, it seems yeah. very self-aware and like uh, uh, mindful of the time we have together, which by the way is a great quality, but it seems specific to him. And I, I don't, don't know I wonder up, if this is a Jew thing. Up until the last two years, it seems it's sort of drifted away. Uh, we would always at my mom's house or at her brother, anyone on my mom's side of the family, they would say grace before when their kids were going through Catholic school and were still doing like the communion thing or it was, you know what I mean? They were, they were getting their religious education. It was always important. Like, Hey, you got to say grace. Oh, it's my mom still. Yeah. Um, but as time has gone on and kids have, are going to public school and no longer involved in that religious indoctrinate indoctrinization. We just sort of pig out. We just go. But I would always like, I would always try to sneak some food during grace. I got to be honest with you. Because I'd be like, it's not, you know how people are like, it's not my president. I'm rebellious so, now. When, when people, when people do it in like, in like large, like when you go to like a meeting or whatever and they have to do it, I almost like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm opening my eyes. I'm rebellious. I have, I've been asking now, everybody knows that's listening to this podcast. I don't really want people at my house. I don't want to entertain, but in theory, I do want to entertain. And every time. I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Every episode they have like dinner party. Mm-hmm. They're either at, you know, they're at Jeff's house or they're at this person's house. And, and, uh, there's all these Jews, it's all Jews. And then there's like maybe one other person speckled in there, right? Leon, maybe, I don't think he's ever at the dinner party, but, uh, I, I like the, you know, they're wearing a, a suit jacket. It's a nice formal dinner. dinner. Party, they have yeah. a three course dinner or whatever. And they, they just, they just kibitz, mm-hmm. you know, over, mm-hmm. over some challah or, or whatever they're <laughs> of eating. Course. I've, wanted for years i've told my wife like i would love a rotating dinner party where different guests come over and you just pull their names out of a hat you have all these people that you would be wanting to potentially come over for a dinner party and let's say you would have six people room for six people or eight people you would pull you and your wife would be there and then you'd pull six other cups so it would be you and your wife would be one oh yeah tab and then you would mix it up, and you would get a variation of different people there to... Um, I know why you want to have a party. Why? Because you want a middle. 
So <laughs> I, that's the problem is right. though, how, what if you have two middles? So the idea is, is that everybody, uh, this was on a recent curb where they, they bring to light the fact that everybody can't carry a conversation or an interesting conversation. And there has to be somebody at the table that sparks a conversation and then sort of controls it and guides it. I don't think everybody I need else the is middle. kind of a passive. I think I'm a counter puncher. I think I'll add to it. I think I'll be next to the middle. See, I don't want to have to tell the whole story. I mean, story. that's very self-reflective and very uh, mature of you. I could middle. But oh, the, I could middle. I, my wife, who's an amazing cook, uh, is just like, I, I don't want to be in a situation where I cook and people don't like my food. So her neurosis, very Jewy, uh, <laughs> is not allowing me to, to get this done. So I want to say moving forward, this is something I would like to, to, to do. Podcast but, is over. Dinner parties have commenced. But, but I will tell you this. Again, there will be a, a drop dead time. You know, maybe I have a valet and just come to you with your keys and say your car's it's heated up and ready to go. Oh, dude. Speaking of the the people not knowing when to leave, my brother, who I, the middle one who I've talked about a lot of times on this show, and we've always joked about like maybe he never knows when to leave. Mm-hmm. It was a fire meets fire. He invited one of our cousins over. And he went out and he was telling us how he couldn't get this dude to leave for hours. <laughs> he literally like had his... He was like, you know, you drop all the hints where you go like, hey, uh, you know, a big day tomorrow. Got to get right. the little ones. Start cleaning up. Yeah, you start cleaning. You go like, um, uh, we got to get these kids in the tub, you know, because we got a bedtime routine. Mm. None of it. Not not working at all. All of his attempts. So he ended up basically putting jackets on this guy's kids and with a hand behind each of their heads, sort of escorting them out of the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, are you going with your kids? Are you leaving? And the guy was still like, haha, this is like a joke. And he's like, no, no, I'm putting your kids in the cold. They're out. And he was telling us this story. And it was it was so amazing because it was one of those like, like you said, how he, your your wife was watching this show with your daughter and she was half paying attention on her phone. And you go, I'm glad this happened. I felt very much like that. My brother Mark had a cousin over. And he's like, this guy didn't know when to leave. And he couldn't pick up any social cues. And it kind of had a had a... Well, I'm glad this happened to you. I'm glad you got to see it from a different angle. But he he probably knows. I mean, after events, you guys probably tell him like, dude, you're the guy that. I mean, it's, he's a yeah. He's aware, not always aware enough to stop it, but he's right. definitely yeah. He's, he's always he's after improved. the fact. You're like, hey, you did it again the last time you were over, and <laughs> well, he's like, cool, I won't do it. I mean, he, he'll just do it again. Yeah, he's t- he's just steps. an in the moment type of dude like you, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like I have all intentions of being. I'm just speaking for you of being respectful of the situation, but the, when the good time's happening, it's like, I'm just going to go with yeah, that. It's like drinking. It's like, well, you're going to be hung over later. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Later. I want no part in that. Ever. <laughs> but it was really funny. Cause it was, it was very much, it was very much, I'd never seen, I was like, I'm gl- well, I'm glad this happened to you. That so was good. Who, who are you obligated to buy gifts for? As far as it, obviously it's, your wife, maybe if you and your wife buy stuff for each other, but your kids, Obligated to buy Your things mom? for my wife, my kids. No, I'm not obligated for my mom. I do, but well, I'm just I don't saying, think she would I, expect it, you know? In your heart, who are you obligated to? Oh, yeah. Mom, wife, kids, brothers. No, if I think about it. So that's it. That's it. That's okay. all I'm no, obligated for. No coworkers, not your boss, not anything like... No, okay. no, 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 no. So... I have come to this conclusion. Now, my all my nieces and nephews are the ones that I... Well, all of them are above past 10 years old. So I have told my sisters, excuse me, my sister, my sister-in-laws, my brother-in-law, look, I'm not going to call you and ask you what your kids want. Um, They're old enough to say for themselves. And if they can't say for themselves, 
I refuse to buy people gift cards. It's the most, it's, it's, it's just rude. I'm so tired of doing it. So my thing is if I don't know you, just stay with me. If, if I don't know you well enough to know what kind of things you're into, why am I buying you a gift? Like we're not that close. Hmm. Why am I obligated to buy a gift for somebody, a family member, unless you're doing a grab bag or it's like, Hey, we're, you know, you pulled this person's name, neighbors, friends, whoever, like, again, you're, when people tell you like, Oh, Hey, I, I'm going to see you uh, next week. Uh, I'm going to stop by. I got something for you for the holiday. Isn't it? I mean, to me, if you weren't planning on buying that, that someone, something now you're obligated to buy that. Something. Yeah. You, you don't want to be the guy that's like, well, Hey, I mean, we, we, we never bought anything for each other before. So I don't know why you did. No, you're just going to buy something. Now the, the clock is running, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is why I like the grab bag stuff because then you get to buy one really nice gift. So like, what is your kid like? Video games, uh, GameStop card. It's like, what are we just upping each other? I mean, you have nieces and nephews. Yeah. How do you you if you don't know them well enough to to get them a gift? I mean, I again, the whole idea of you calling. Now, I'm not talking about a six, you know, three, four, or five year old, but uh, I have two nieces and they're both 15, and I just call them directly. I'm like, what do you want? And they're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I don't see them very often. So I, you know, I was just like, hey, guess what? Uh, girls like to get their nails done, as far as I know. I mean, that's, that's what uh, you're getting. That's, that's, hey, where's the closest nail salon to where you live? My one dirt. niece lives in Arizona. My <laughs> other one lives here locally. And I just went there and I said, you are getting your nails done courtesy of me. Uh, I don't, I'm tired of buying people stuff that they, they might be interested in using uh, for a week and then they put it aside and they never, you know, it just takes. Right, right. Just, here's the experience. Get your nails done. Feel good about that. You look good. You feel good. We're, we're moving on. The best yeah. gift, scientifically, the best gift is a membership to one of those uh, something of the month clubs. That's, it is known now. That is, it's a little more expensive, but that is the best Who gift. Who says? Me. Oh, okay. I did all the research. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'm I like, did. wait a second. Where did you? <clears throat> no, for sure. Because then every month you get a Dude, I bought my brother subscription to Handyman Magazine because he's a handy dude, whatever. Dude, it's like 12 bucks for all year. And each month he's like, oh, dude, another magazine came in. There was a really great article. I meant to thank you. Keeps giving, dude. Yeah, it keeps nice. giving. It's way better than like a game. I mean, 12 show. bucks is, it's a pretty, it's so super cheap. I mean, no, I, I guess it's the, the price. Buck, but, well, I've often cigar of the month, bourbon of the month, I've often whatever. Shit on those things before that were like the something box, and it's like, hey, oh, we're gonna give you, stupid. we're gonna give you like a, a razor, a flask. It's get the f- man out. box. No one's gonna use ninety percent of that shit where someone else, some other dude is like, this is what's masculine in twenty twenty one. We're gonna put it in a box. Well, they just go, who's who's making stuff that we can spin as masculine? Yeah, and then you can have it. Yeah, like yeah. the like I've told you those fragranted soaps where uh, my buddy Nick was like, dude, you have to buy this. This soap, it's amazing, and it's just, it's great. And I what? got the soaps, and no one never, ha- I hadn't had one, my wife, my daughter, and nobody has ever. I've not walked past them, and they go, "Whoa, hey, that's a really fragrant no. soap." It's like pomegranate and beer cheese, or some, you know. It's like yeah. that's masculine. Where the commercial is just like a super hot chick going, "Like, boy, if you smelled like this, I would just never stop." My dad growing up smelled like. um you know that that like pumice soap that mechanics use? Yeah, the orange stuff. Yeah, where it just it grinds the the, uh, the oil out of your skin. Yeah, and I was like, that makes me feel safe. That I <laughs> yeah. when I smell that smell, it immediately takes me back to my dad. The first thing I think about, mm-hmm. or the smell of that mixed with like oil because he had a, a mechanic shop. Right. When I when that smell hits me, it's very visceral. I'm gonna get you, know? you a. a- pumice and, and oil scented candle and i i think now 
growing up, didn't every single family, everybody of yours, when you went into their house, like they have their their family smell? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you you just can't replace it. And there's nothing they can do to change it. It's mm-hmm. the food they eat, the detergent they use, an amalgamation of all those things. Yeah. Um. So ultimately, going back to what I was saying, I just feel like if you if the if somebody said if you have to think in your head. What would I buy this person? And it is not a grab bag situation. And you're struggling to think what I should buy this person. How close are you really to that person? Do you really want them to have something? Why are you obligated to give somebody something? Well, just because they're your niece, they're your nephew, they're your father-in-law, your mother-in-law, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like this weird social construct. Because I I bitch it. My, My wife will not, as I've said before, she will not wrap gifts. So for Hanukkah, it would if it weren't for me, it would just be like here's all the gifts. You could see which ones are there, or she would walk <laughs> out with horrible. one. That, she would walk out with one that day and be like, "Here, here's your gift, unwrapped." And it's like that. She's like, "I'm not going to pay for someone to to rip paper off of it," and it's just stupid. That's it's a waste the surprise of time. part. Yeah, but it's also a surprise if they're waiting down in the living room and you come out of a closet and you're like, "Here it is." That is a surprise. So. I can still argue that because I'm like, yeah, but the whole that that what do you call it serotonin dump when you get the box and you're like, is this what I think it is? Yeah, right. I right. think I've told this story before. Uh, when I was younger, my dad had told me I wanted a new guitar. I was in a band and I had this this real shitty electric guitar, and I told my dad that I wanted a guitar, a new guitar, so bad, and, he, and he's like, well, I'm not going to spend any real money on that unless you learn how to play. Uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, national anthem for whatever reason to my dad that was like the pinnacle and here's the thing if you could play the national anthem and if you have a wah pedal as far as my dad was concerned close enough right you hit the right notes it's not really that difficult it's just single notes and sustain and reverb you know so I did it and then my dad uh, when Hanukkah came if you if you've ever bought an acoustic guitar you know how large they are right and they come in a isosceles triangle shaped box and it's thick and you clearly know that size of a box is an acoustic guitar right it's not an electric guitar because electric guitar is thin yeah so my dad on hanukkah that year he was like here you go great job and he gives me it's wrapped but a the giant box that appears to be an an acoustic guitar and i fucking lose my mind (laughs) before i even open it right and I'm like, this is, I didn't say this is bullshit, but I, you, he could definitely tell I was upset and he enjoyed every second of it. And I'm like, you told me that I would have, I told the guys in the band that I was getting a new guitar. And he's like, it is a new guitar. And I told you it's a really nice one. And I threw a fit and I, he probably sent me to my mom, probably sent me to my room before I even got to open it. That's, uh, and then finally Merry I came Christmas. out. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> and uh, I, I finally came out and opened it begrudgingly. I was like, well, I guess I'll just make the best of this sh- acoustic guitar. And I don't know how I'm going to, that's some Frank Turner. Uh, I don't know how this is going to work out. And I opened it and it was an electric, it was a, a Fender Strat uh, that my dad bought and put, had the guy knowingly intentionally put into this other box because <laughs> that's the kind of sadistic I love jerk it. he could be. I love that you you didn't even open it first and try to fake happiness. No, you no, were like, I this was, is I saw crap. it, my heart just sank. And then the a year <laughs> later, uh, the same thing happened when they bought me a decent guitar amp because uh, I needed one. And they did the same thing where my mom gave me like, you know that game where you like push two things and it's like there's like rings in water? 
Like oh, my brother yes. and sister got like a good present that night. It's a little like, water oh. tube and you push the air and make the rings move. Yeah. And I was like, this is, you know, this is the good present night. Cause typically we would have like one really great present. And then there would be, you know, stuff in the middle, whatever, moderately priced things. They got good stuff. Like, you know, whatever, a stereo and a television or something. And I was like, dirty got, dancing. Yeah. And I got that thing all well knowing the amp was waiting for me, but they wanted first, my dad wanted first <laughs> for me to repeat what I did the year before, which I did. Uh, <laughs> and then the he bait. gave me the amp and I was like happy about it, but you know, I didn't want uh, my, my pride was damaged. And he was like, here's your fucking, you know, here's the amp. It's like, but you set me up for this. That's hilarious. So I digressed majorly, but my whole point is, I don't think I've ever, have I ever got you or have you ever got me a, a holiday gift? I think so, but I don't remember. I feel like we have to have done something. Yeah, some I think last year I gave you some kind of electronic equipment, like a uh, something that I bought. I don't remember. I don't what know it if was. it was for a holiday or just gave it to me. I can't yeah. remember. Either way, I mean, I don't, do you feel, I've, clearly you don't feel compelled to get me a birthday present. Or I don't feel compelled to get you one. It never even uh, comes up. If you see something, you get it. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any, my friend Adam, every now and then he'll surprise, he gave me a pen the other day. He's like, I've been holding on to this and I, I keep forgetting to give it to you. And I have not told him I've had it for like maybe six weeks. Awesome pen. It's a, like a, an ink pen. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows I like ink pens. It's just a good close one. to me, right? He, this is what I'm saying. Everybody close to me. He saw it. He bought it for himself. He's like, this is a great pen. Bought a second one. Didn't ask. Didn't, nice. He was just like, here's a pen. Yeah. Now that's something. That Yeah, that means that's a lot something, more. That right? means a lot. Instead of like, hey, calling and being like, hey, do you like pens? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to find you a pen? For sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think the takeaway from that is maybe less gifts, but more important mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, so maybe we should just have to buy one gift. Well, it works out for me because I like tons of stuff, so everybody can buy me lots of things because I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm into everything, you know? But you, other people who I'm not paying attention to your needs and wants, you're going to have to wait. Now, does your mom buy for you? Uh, not, last year, she was like, oh, you're really into hot sauce. So she bought me like, I think it, I don't know, at Kohl's or one of those places you can buy that's like 20 hot sauces from around the world or something, <laughs> which was sweet. But I was like, you don't, she's in her, she's like 70 now. Don't buy that's me not stuff. That old. No, but it's like, don't buy me stuff. <laughs> well, I just wonder because my mom will, will buy something for my, she'll be like, I want to buy something for you and your wife, you know, rather than buy you something separately for, for Hanukkah. Maybe for your birthdays I would, but yeah. my thing on buying a present for somebody is buy, I'm very grateful, but buy <laughs> buy people something that they would, this is the key. And I've said, I said it last year, I remember, buy somebody something that they want or that but they wouldn't, they're like, I wouldn't spend my hard earned money on no, that. No, that is the key. You're 100% right. Yes. You I've know, had people do that for me semi-recently and it's like, that's. That's amazing. Yeah, because you're, you can sometimes you just can't justify the expenditure, and it's like that's a, that's it's a piece of shit. It's not really like a band T-shirt might be a good example of that. It's like I'm not going to pay thirty dollars for a a hoodie for my favorite band, but if I bought it for you, you'd be like, I got that hoodie. Oh yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? No, you're right. That's that's actually really good advice. That is the way to do it. And I'm, if, I'm known for that. I think <laughs> I think the way if if you're smart about it and you kind of do that six months prior to December then you can have a bunch of really meaningful, good gifts. Mm-hmm. But if not, you got a month to go. Hurry up, dude. You do have a month to go. And we are, this is, again, uh, we are less than five minutes away from the episode being over Two ninety nine. Mm. We And people will be like, oh, you had 300 episodes. And I'll be like, well, here's, here's what's interesting. In the early days, we would go an hour and a half, sometimes an hour and 40 minutes, and I would cut that down as close. Sometimes I would put out an hour and 20 
but there's so much cutting room floor stuff that will obviously I've lost over time or whatnot. So yes, we, we could easily put 300 hours of talking into your head of us communicating. Uh, but think about how much I'm just telling you, like think yeah, about oh, how yeah. much of that stuff was just like banter or whatever that we didn't put out or stuff that we were like, Hey, that went on too long or whatnot. It's interesting. Cause my, my sister's son was, <laughs> he's young, probably in my opinion, too young to listen to podcasts, but he asked the other last Sunday after you left, I happened to talk to my sister and he said, Hey, is Ben there? I'd like to see, he was FaceTiming. Oh. I want to see him. And I go, why do you want to see him? Well, I just, I wanted first to, of all, that's offensive. I just wanted to ask him a question. I was like, well, what's the question? <laughs> He's like, I want to know how is it that you guys talk? And this is his words. Like, so seamlessly, how do you know what to talk about? And you don't stop talking. It's not like you turn the podcast off and come up with a new topic and start there. And so I thought it was an interesting question. You hear and, that, listeners? Sometimes people ask questions <laughs> and give feedback and input. So, what is you? I you answer the question. In your opinion, how does that? How does that? How did it start to how it, where we are today? I think it started from a lot of panic and a lot of me looking at the clock and constantly looking at things that I wrote down to make sure that I had enough topics and then make sure that you had enough topics. And then we evolved into a whiteboard of, hey, here's the time we're going to, like a radio show. And then it came to just notes on the phone, hit these beats. And I think, uh, like anything else, if I would presume to say we're good at this, I would say like anything else, it's reps. I come and do it like I every, almost every single time before the podcast, I go, I don't really have anything. I don't have anything good. And then once you do so many hours of a certain thing, you it's like a band. A band plays with, I've played with the same drummer for years and years. Me and him can get together and I can start making up a riff and I kind of know where he's going and he knows where I'm going and it just works out that way. That and the key of saying um, not only that, but, and yes, and. You don't ever go, this This was hard for me in the beginning of the podcast is we'd, we'd talk about something. If you go, no, I don't like that. I, would, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, oh shit. Uh <laughs> Yeah, because you had a bit lined up. Yes. It was sort of like if you watch a talk show, like Conan, for example, and he goes like, hey, to his guests, like, you probably go to a lot of celebrity parties, right? There was a pre-interview where the person, they're like, hey, what do you have interesting? Well, I went to the celebrity party. I hear you were in a taxi recently. Right. Uh, So (laughs) if that doesn't happen and you have that story ready to go and it's like I immediately derail wanting to talk about that scenario, that... And I remember there were times where it's like, hey, you literally, like, it would, I don't know, you'd be angry or I'd be angry, but it's like, I wanted, to, I had this whole thing set up and it just didn't happen. And it would go away from it or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. Well, and there's also, too, there's like a, over the years, um, there's almost like, you know how like a, and again, like, I'm not saying that we're like really good, but you know how like a really good stand up can have a bit bomb and it doesn't phase them. They just mm-hmm. go, ah, that one didn't work and they plow through. The first, like, I don't know, 50, 100, whatever, it was very much like if something didn't work, I was shook. And so for the rest of the episode, it's like, uh, I'll try to be funny, but I'm, I'll, let me get out of this mic because I'm the shame of, of a bit failing. Mm. And then it got to the point to where there's a certain comfort level and you become good with time. And you're like a really good storyteller, so you can give examples and kind of flesh a, a story out. Uh, I've gotten good at, like, that didn't work. Eh, just move on. You know what I mean? I've got to because if you stop, then... It's 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 like anything else, like a sport, right? If you miss the shot and you get in your own head, just you have to you have to want it to sound nice while simultaneously not caring at all if it sounds nice. If I've put out, let's just use uh, what percentage of the episodes have you actually listened to? 
Me? Yeah. Oh, 80. Really? Percent. Yeah. What happened to the other 20? 83. Um, Just wondering. I mean, Well, sometimes I'll have a busy week or I'll say we'll do the show and I don't remember anything particularly. I'm like, I don't know if we had anything that was gold this week. And if I'm busy, I'm like, ah, I just, I don't, I don't want to relive something that I didn't think was good. Mm-hmm. Like if I go, ah, my bits suck this week, I don't want to hear them suck later. Also, but I want to just bury that in the sand. I found, uh, in listening to people and talking to people, the, the best stuff is usually the stuff that we think is, it's not the contrived prepared stuff. It's yeah. the stuff that happens in between. Which kind of burns me. I'll be like, man, yeah. I really had this idea. I thought it was clever. Nobody cared. And if we just like, if somebody tells me like, oh, you do that with your kids and that's a big deal. Or- yeah, that's, that, that is a weird. So in, to, the way I would answer my, the question to my nephew, James, is that, yes, the, the whiteboard actually proved to be very good for scheduling, but it proved to be very bad for transitioning because... I would have a whiteboard and it would have like 10 topics on it. And I would be like, you guys can't see, but I'd be like pointing to my watch or the clock. And I'd be like, Hey, we need to hit these. And we would feel so compelled to talk about all those points that week, instead of saying, Hey, some of these can wait till next week, because in your mind, you hadn't really, you, you sort of flesh it out for that week. And you're like, new stuff's going to be next, come next week. And I want to get this out. This is important for me to get out. And I think the, the biggest thing for us, as you know, where we're at right now is I will figure out a way while listening to Ben talk. He won't know the topics I'm bringing to the table. There was another time or at one era where we would text each other back and forth and say, hey, here's a list of, of, he would normally text me and I'd say, Hey, what, what are your, some of the points you want to talk about? And I'd figure a segue. But now while he's talking, I'm listening out of one ear and the other ear I'm going, okay, here's a topic I'm going to bring up. And when this one starts in my mind to start petering out, or if there's a way I can transition uh, into this other topic, that's what my mind's doing. So I guess it would be like a musician, right? Uh, you know how like sometimes the band will be like, the singer will all of a sudden determine like in the middle of the song, I'm going to break it down. And I'm going to be like, all right, all right, bring it down, bring it down. And the band just keeps on sort of playing the rhythm and they keep on in the, in the singer. That's when they talk to the crowd. The like, singer, anyway, San Antonio. Yeah, the singer, really great. The singer starts talking to the crowd, and he's gonna he's gonna go on and on for a little bit. And you have to, I guess, as if you're not a musician, you're like, well, how does the band know when to kick back in? And it's like, yeah, there could be a nod, but it's also that feeling, like you know, you know where the crescendo. You could see where he's going with this, yeah. and you, everybody in the band's like, this would be a good spot to just start to kick back in and you just know, right. You just know. So, uh, I feel like at this point, I just, the, the whole idea of keeping the ball up in the air is not important to me anymore. That was a big, like, Hey, we need to, we need to keep this conversation flowing. And it's like, that's not real. What's real is not knowing what Ben's going to talk about, not him, not knowing what I'm going to talk about and actually trying to forget that we're talking in the microphones and I think that's, that's to me, especially when I listen to other podcasts where it's like this kind of a setup is the most interesting thing. Cause it's like, well, you just, you're just having a normal conversation. Sometimes before you hit record, we'll go like, Oh, what happened this week or whatever. And you're saying it into the mic. So you hear it in the headphones. Like it feels like a regular show. And I remember like we we're doing that this morning before we started. And I was kind of like, I thought about it. Like I was like, this kind of, I was like, I've. Again, like it sounds like I'm like washing my home balls, but I felt like we're getting so good at this that our normal conversation just sounds like the podcast and vice versa. Right. Like I don't think it's not like this different kind of talk that you do for the show, at least not, you know, not for me. So in closing, 
of episode 299. This is this is what I want to say. You know, the whole like the death clock or the countdown, it's about this. It's like we have taken this specific genre, uh, this thing that we do, in my opinion, as far as it can go. I don't know. Can it go any farther? We especially and I, I put this to anybody who listens. It's like without feedback, without any kind of direction, um, it just sort of feels like, hey, are we are we? Are we doing something that's worthwhile? Because when you see, you know, whether it be like a Billie Eilish comes out and puts something completely out of her basement online and then you see reaction, right? And she goes, wow, I must be doing something right because a lot of people are reacting, they're engaging. And so now I'm going to continue doing that. And agree or not, I, I don't care. This is just my feeling is when you don't have that constant engagement, that's what it takes right? It takes for people to let you know that they like what you're doing. They want you to continue. And this whole thing is predicated upon, uh, yes, us communicating and having our own conversation and you listening into that conversation. But for us, it's also about you engaging and saying, yes, I feel that way. Or, and not just when you're, when you see us in person, but that's what, that's the fuel. That's the gasoline that continues keeping the car moving forward. And when it just sort of feels like, at some point, maybe you 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 break it all down and you you start from scratch and you do something different, or you just completely stop doing it. And that's just my feeling. So this has nothing to do with Ben. This has everything to do with me. Well, if somebody feels that strongly, also you can start your own too. Yeah, right. And I will listen to that and I will feedback and I will show. You, I will I will be the kind of listener <laughs> that that I, I guess that you know, I would have yes. wanted. You know, being an active listener isn't just listening for you know to make sure you understand what's going on. In my opinion, being an active listener means you follow us on our social media platforms, and again, you get the same thing. It's like I'm not going to continue taking time to put stuff on social media when there's little reaction or I know you're listening. I can see the analytics, but it's right. like, where are you? <laughs> right. Who are you? Yeah. Show yourself. So, um, we'll see what happens. This is episode 299. Oh dude, real quick. Just tag on the very, very, very end. Last week we talked about a special invention, Google filters that makes people feel or makes people look better than mm-hmm. you'd like them to look like if you didn't listen last week, the idea was when you look at Snapchat or Facebook, whatever the hell, uh, Instagram people have like these like elf eyes and ears or their, their features are all soft. And I said, well, wouldn't it be nice if we had glasses or even contacts where everyone looked that way and you didn't have to look at people that you didn't want to look at anymore. Everyone looked better looking than they are. That idea has been ruminating in my mind all week. And I think this can help with inbreeding and pedophilia. Wow. Dude, it's going to solve the world. Think about it. You put these, you put these goggles on, um, I don't know if there's a ton of inbreeding going on, but it would put an end to it because you put the filter, you change the filter to make it look, you could, it doesn't have to be uh, softer features. It could be worse features. Mm. Say you got some guy who's got some weird perversion, right? Mm. Well, you change it to where they can't see that anymore. They don't have, see that. Have you ever seen a movie called A Clockwork Orange? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wondering. Yes, that's what I was going to, yeah. <laughs> Dude, listen, you, and, the, and then you mandate it. You put these contacts in, they can't come out. Oh, like so you now pry you, their eyes open and make them look at disgusting, disturbing footage? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, okay. yeah, you put them in like a prison. I like that. I'm saying you put these, these, these contact lenses, these goggles in, and say you're, whatever your perversion is, like you can't stop doing this certain thing. Well, you just don't see that thing anymore. You mm. just can't see it. It doesn't exist. Say I love pizza. Okay, I do. I like Chips. Who mandates this? The government? I, me. Oh, okay. I like chips and beer, right? Say there was a thing where I just 
did, it could, they didn't taste good to me anymore, right? Dude, oh, okay, you, okay, you, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> All right, COVID will be the answer then. Anyways, but yeah, I when I was a child, I used to bite my nails, so my mom gave me this, put this nail, this clear nail polish on my nails to stop making me stop bite my nails. Oh yeah, I put that on before, so I just got used to it, and I was like, well, it's not terrible. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I, was, I just kept going, ill, gross. <laughs> I did that for hours. It's, that's probably what most people do with alcohol, right? When you're young, you're like, your dad's like, hey, I take a swig off this beard. Like, it's disgusting. And then you're like, it's disgusting, but it makes me feel good. Yeah. And you're like, it's not disgusting at all. Let me put some coconut in this. Yeah. So. Yeah, make it a stout. But if, if you, okay, if we put these, if we mandate it, and I'll be the one that decides, and then you put these things on people and they still keep biting their proverbial fingernails then uh you know off with their heads but at least we tried it was humane Not a bad idea all right that is episode 299 we'll see you next time later Thank you.